What up, Clock Dodgers? 2020 sucked. I know you may not have won the championship or you may have got your first round draft pick injured in week two. It happens. You can't control some things. But what you can control is the fact that it's almost a new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've helped 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Now, remember, you need to start 2021 fresh, feeling good, looking good, mentally refreshed. And with Manscaped, you're able to do that. They have the perfect package 3.0, has all the right tools for the job. You get the lawnmower 3.0. Get in there, get fresh, just like you're doing, you know, you're, you're studying already for fantasy football. Get in there. 2021 is never too early. Start now, fantasy football, Manscaped, get fresh, get your mind fresh. Manscaped's going to help you do that. 20% off, free shipping with the promo code CLOCKDODGERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code CLOCKDODGERS. Happy New Year's to your balls, fellas. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot go with them. Can't do it. You play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I'm your host Neil Maligno, and I'm joined by the one and only Adam Cahill. What up, Adam? What is going on, Neil? End of year podcast. We yeah. finally made it. You know we had to do it, man. We had to do it. It's, wait, how was how was your Christmas? First of all, good. Oh yeah, I mean. A little weird, you know, due to COVID and everything. But yeah, I mean, it was nice, subdued, but nice. I enjoyed it. That's all that matters. How did you spend it alone, or did you did you actually link no, up with no, the family? Uh, my immediate, just my immediate family. But yeah, I mean, uh, my my parents still hosted. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was small, but I mean, I don't know. Enjoyed myself. Great food. You know, I think that's all that matters to me on the holidays anymore. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. We dialed it back. I mean, normally we go to like a family, a relative's house for for New Year. I mean, for Christmas Eve, and the kids open up some gifts and stuff from that like part of the family, and then we come home and on Christmas we open up gifts from us and Santa and everything else. But this year we were like, we're gonna skip the family thing, which they still did. But we're like, hey, listen, we're gonna fall back from that this year. You know, we've been doing, we've been handling this pretty well. We're gonna keep it this way. And then, uh, you know, had my mom just come over. So just her and us and the kids. And, you know, they had they had a good time. So it was it was, you know, mission accomplished in the Maligno household for Christmas. Um, so we got New Year's coming up, man, which I'm excited about. Like you said, we had to get one more episode in before the before the new year. Um, new Year's is also my birthday, man. So it's kind of, you know, it's yeah, a bitter, that's right. It's a bittersweet you thing. Know. Bittersweet. So all the Clock Dodger Nation, you know, out there can wish you a happy birthday properly. What day officially is your birthday, Neil? Because I'm a bad friend and don't remember. <laughs> yeah, let it be known that you've been doing this podcast with me for like years now. So yeah, mm-hmm. say you're a bad person overall. Uh, but January first, the easiest day to remember is my birthday, Adam. Oh man, I yeah that that should have been super easy. How I, how is that not something that's been ingrained in my memory? I, I'm mm, yeah yeah. Meh. I guess, I guess I don't care. That's um, <laughs> probably it. That's probably yeah. it. Yeah. I always uh, say it like, you know, okay. I, I, I'm not good with remembering people's birthdays. or. What's my them. birthday? I don't know. That's, that's the Do guess. you even know what month it's in? I don't even know what month it's in. 
That's see, like you such a hater. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this is the thing. This is the thing, and this I always go to this with birthdays, right? Like my birthday is January first, though, man. Like it's not hard to remember. Like it's just kind of like, oh yeah, oh, it's Neil's birthday also. Like you know, it's a big day that everyone's celebrating that. You know, we take off from work and we party and stuff. Like it's it's an easy one. You know what I mean? Like it's not just a random yeah, it's day. It's gotta be kind of nice to have. Like it kind of stinks, obviously, because it's so close to Christmas. I feel like anybody who has a birthday close to Christmas kind of gets screwed out. But you have a little bit of a nice one because it's like a legal holiday. <laughs> like, this is true. You never have to take off work. You always have your birthday, and I never have to feel bad. Like I can always convince myself when I'm watching TV. When I'm seeing people go crazy, like, oh, they're doing this for my birthday. Like, for sure, a part of this is my birthday. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the new year, but it's also my birthday. And I'm sure somewhere in there, they're thinking about it. So, man, you know, even if well, you, get you know, we've just been full of celebrations between Christmas and New Year's Eve tomorrow night and your birthday the day after. But, uh, I mean, we really had possibly the biggest event of the year at least for the clock Dodgers, in Josh Crocker and I meeting in person, Neil. Uh, Josh just so happened to be in Illinois uh, visiting family over Christmas, and him and I met up at a, a spot that I will say Josh picked that was n- not COVID safe. <laughs> way, there were way too many people in there. Um, but you know, that's, that's just how my state does it, I guess, uh, I, I mean, unbeknownst I, to me. Yeah, this is huge. This is monumental because I mean, it was pretty epic. It was pretty sweet to uh, meet Josh in person. Uh, neither of us were killed. So, you know, that's good whenever meeting strangers on the internet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty monumental. I mean, uh, I don't know if the public knows, but this is a community completely, you know, found online. Neil and I, have been doing this podcast together. I mean, Neil, I came on board, I think you said four years. So, yeah, I mean, Neil and I have known each other four years. I've, I've never had the opportunity to meet Neil in person. Nope. You know, he lives in Florida. I live in Chicago, or just outside of Chicago now. And neither one of us have really ever had the ability to make it to the other. Uh, so when Josh was in the area, I, uh, <laughs> I had to meet him, which involved driving uh, an hour away, but... It turned into a two-hour drive because the drive to meet him involved Chicago traffic and a uh, snow or no no sorry that wasn't a snowstorm that was yesterday I love Chicago uh, <laughs> it was pouring down rain for like a good hour of the drive so yeah it was it was quite miserable um, but uh, but yeah we met up it was it was a lot of fun and uh, yeah I mean Josh is just as entertaining in person as uh, he is on the podcast and. Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask you, too, like, what are Oklahomians like in person, man? Uh, I mean, the accent's there, but uh, I feel like even with Josh, you know, as much as we, you know, tease him and stuff, his accent isn't, um, not it's not really noticeable. <laughs> I mean, right, it's well, definitely well, there, What did you like, guys eat? Uh, well, we had pizza. I okay. mean, it was, it was kind of like a bar-type setup, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, we were secluded in a corner, but there were way too many patrons that were very comfortable just uh, <laughs> being up and about like it's a bar. So I don't know. It was interesting. Uh, that was for sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was cool to you know hang out in person and chat about life and football. And yeah, it was it was fun. Did he bring anyone with him or just him? 
No, it was just him. Okay. Uh, he was in the area with his son, but uh, they were staying with his uh, Josh's mother. So, uh, yeah, Josh was able to get a few hours solo. So, yeah, it was cool. Come on, man. T- give, give us something juicy, man. What, what, something this guy said, he did, talked about. Like, there has to be something that Josh did, man. Mm. Josh is going to come back with stories. Ah, oh, man. You know he's gonna I'm come back to... with all these yeah, fantastical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I'm normally good at this type of stuff. <laughs> there wasn't like any Josh eventful thing. I mean, the most eventful thing was just like us responding to the fact that like when I first got there, there was a decent amount of people, but then it like started to fill up, and I mean, it definitely felt like I was just in a bar before quarantine or anything. It was very surreal to me as someone who legitimately. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not super public about this type of stuff, but I've taken this quite seriously in my own practices. And since March, I have not been inside a restaurant. Uh, Any time that I've ate anywhere, it's been outside. And that's only been as few times as I could count on one hand. So it was a little uh, a little anxiety inducing but not really like that's the weirdest thing about this whole thing and obviously we both were fine neither one of us got covid you know it's it's been plenty of time since then so uh you know nothing to worry about in hindsight but definitely in the moment there was there was a lot of joking about the uh the situation and how uh you know, ultimately it was my fault. I live in Illinois, and I let Josh pick the place because it was close to him or where he was staying, <laughs> and I didn't know that area. But you know, it is what it is. It was open, so I, I guess that's uh, that that was really our top qualifier. Yeah, I guess the fact that you both came away healthy, COVID free, is the most important part because it would have sucked to lose two hosts, you know, at the same time because of each other, you know. So um, it's good that you guys came out alive. You guys did share a picture. Did you guys put it on Twitter or anything? Or you kept that in the group chats. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, I think we, I think if we haven't Josh thrown that up tweet. on Twitter, we he will. Might. I mean, Josh took the photo. My cam, uh, well, my phone is complete garbage, so taking <laughs> photos is just worthless. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Josh did share that in uh, in some of our chats. But uh, but yeah, if he didn't throw that up on on Twitter, uh, I should encourage him to share that yeah. so the the world knows that uh, that the the meeting occurred. <laughs> yeah, he might have thrown it up. I forget, but yeah. So if anyone doesn't know, obviously Josh isn't on this episode today. He's still you know traveling the United States right now. I think he last he was in was it California? He was in last. No, no, no. Josh is in Arizona. Arizona, right that's now. right. He Arizona. went to Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree, uh, which is an area I've always wanted to visit. Actually, I've yeah. been to Arizona a ton when I was younger. Uh, but haven't gone back in adulthood. Uh, but it is a place that I'd like to go back to. It's it's beautiful out there. Yeah. I think he said he was going to go to California, though. I think so. At some point. At some point. I think he had to make a stop there at some point. So, I don't know. He's going all around the world. He's traveling. He's doing things. And so, you know, we'll wait for him to get back. When he gets back, he gets back. And, uh, you know, will he be here next week? I don't know. Maybe, Adam. But. But like, like like we said in the top of the episode, we wanted to get an episode out before the year ended. We're doing that here. Now, I will say your standard fantasy football season is over. Sure, there are some people who play, you know, these end of the season games. It's weird. I don't know why you choose to do that, but, you know, more power to you. We're not going to discuss fantasy advice on this episode. It's just not. What oh, yeah. No, if people play in week 17, I'm just going to interrupt you right now. I don't quit. Quit your league. I don't, I don't know. Petition for it to be changed or boycott it? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's just not worth it. Yeah, 
I mean, there's ways you can participate in the playoffs and DFS and all that's cool. But for right now, you know, leagues have ended, champions have been crowned. And so we're not going to, you know, we're not going to go there yet. Like like I talked about last week, there's going to be episodes throughout the entire offseason. We're going to talk dynasty, all that good stuff like we always do. But for today's episode, we figured let's have a little fun. Let's end the season right. You know, we've been taking victory laps all season long. So why would we not take season long victory laps? Right. I mean, it only makes sense. Right, Adam? Um, I mean, what better way to celebrate the year than to look back at all the things we did right? I mean, it, <laughs> I just it, it feels like such a beautiful way to kind of celebrate. You know, we uh, we took the time this year to actually put out um, you know preseason rankings. We did a rankings episode, and I think that uh, it's important to go back and revisit those rankings. And uh, full disclosure, you know, peek behind the the curtain, if you will. Uh, I put together these show notes, and I will say, looking at what we got right this year was was a hell of a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, Neil, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into some of these uh, notes you put together. We'll start with quarterbacks because, you know, why not? That's the position we are starting at here. So, quarterbacks, um, I, I, well, we can, you know, adjust how we go through these, but you have Tannehill. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I love Neil going like, we can adjust it. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure, again, peek behind the curtain. That's because the first one is uh, a player that uh, only I was high on coming into this season. And, and Josh and Neil both had outside their top 12 at quarterback, uh, Mr. Ryan Tannehill. This is true. Uh, who, uh, you know, I, I, sorry, I got, I got ahead of myself. I should have let Neil finish, but... Uh, Tannehill did end up finishing the year as the QB seven. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was somebody who I was not crazy high on coming into the year, but I just, I felt like in his limited time, he on a points per game basis had the, all the potential in the world to be a top 12 quarterback. And I think from what we've seen from this season from Tannehill, um, he's a quarterback that. I think really for fantasy purposes is is one of the higher floor quarterbacks there is on a week to week basis. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let me save myself a little bit here on this victory lab. Although I did not rank him, what was it? How, how many far? How deep did I go in my rankings? It was it wasn't too deep because it was for the episode, but it was like what twelve? Did I go fifteen? I don't oh, know how sorry. far I went, but whatever I did, I didn't have him here at quarterback nine or quarterback seven. But I will admit, I had him in Scott Fishbowl. And I had him in the Clock Dodgers Dynasty League, starting every week. So I was not down on Tannehill. I just didn't rank him high. Um, but I did feel good about him from a fancy perspective, to be fair. Well, you benefited from, obviously, my knowledge. So you're welcome, Neil. And well done <laughs> for, you know, listening to your friend who you podcast with, yeah. who, you know, gets things right. Like If this. you did the same, you would do a lot better also. Yeah, I know. I mean, I did have Tannehill in a uh, Dynasty League that I did do well in. But, no, I mean, uh, listen to me. I don't know. Oh, I, I did that, I think. We'll I talk about did. that later. I don't know if you did. So, okay. So, you got Tannehill. It's a good victory lap for you. It's a good one. Another quarterback, uh, the vet of all vets here, Tom Brady, finished quarterback eight, Adam. I had him QB nine. Josh had him QB nine. Adam didn't. No, I mean, this is this is one that I had outside my top 12. Uh, just barely. I believe I had him at QB 13 coming into the year. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't see the uh, the ceiling potential. And I think at times this year we saw the Brady that I was, you know, afraid of seeing, which is just one that kind of looks like, 
you know, he is as old as he is. But as the season's worn on and that offense has gotten used to working together, they're hitting their stride now. And I think that you guys were definitely on the ball from a fantasy perspective and, uh, you know, going into your, you know, playoff fantasy contests. If you play any fantasy during the playoffs, I mean, Brady is going to be an interesting play um, as far as, you know, someone in the NFC, a team like the Bucks that could potentially make a deep run. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Brady had a great fantasy season. Yeah, and it's important to point out here, with, with these victory laps were taken, um, some of the players were more obvious. And these quarterbacks clearly weren't. We're talking about, you know, quarterbacks who are less obvious because we could have went and talked about the top guys, and it's just pointless here. But, um Someone that I hate at quarterback, Jared Goff, finished quarterback 15. I mean, you know, it's nothing to brag about necessarily, but it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it is something to brag about when you had him ranked at QB 18 coming into a season where he wasn't ranked anywhere inside the top 20. Uh, Both you and Josh, I mean, obviously you didn't go that deep with your rankings. Josh, Josh had... Jared Goff outside his top 24. Damn. So, you know, there was a lot of disrespect coming into the year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, part of the reason this got on the show sheet as well was just you and I have kind of gone back and forth about Goff and, and Carr and, uh, you know, our our love for each and our disdain for the other. Um, but uh, as we're going to get to in a second here, you know, the quarterback to finish just barely above Jared Goff this year is one Derek Carr. It is. QB 14. It is. It, is. it feels good. This is a, a small win for me. And I got to admit, I didn't have him ranked in that list that I sent over for that episode. So that's unfortunate. Um, and it, that is a little bit of a bummer. But just for our overall beef for the season, this is one of those bets that I should have made, right? Because, I mean, I, I stopped betting with you this year. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing these, these offseason bets with Adam and getting screwed. And owing him 15, 20, 30, 40, $50 at the end of the season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a halt on that. Let let Adam and Josh bet it out this year. And I didn't rank them, but Carr finished above golf by just one spot. It's it's poetic. It's poetic, man. Yeah, it's ironic too, because this is a <laughs> terrible year for me and and a decent year for you. I uh I basically I mean, lucky for me. Three of the four bets that Josh and I made were voided due to players not playing enough games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all of them looked like they were going Josh's way. So, uh, yeah, not not a great year for, for taking straight bets. And it wouldn't have been good either if I would have bet against Carr or the Raiders, which are things that you and I love to bet against. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, why don't I always make Raider bets, man? It's always the bet I do. I actually made a Raider bet this year with somebody else but it was just for you know avi's on twitter and i lost because he had the steelers that's his favorite team and um he gave me two options for my my for my for my avatar here to change for the new year i'm going to change it um and you let me know adam let's take a step away from this victory lap for a second <laughs> who should what, which pitcher should i choose he was gracious enough to let me choose it's either woodson trying to sack tom brady in the in the, in the snowball with the fumble where they called it not mm. a fumble, which ruined basically the Raiders' entire life. From there on out, we've sucked, and the and the and the, and the Patriots went on to a dynasty. Um, and then the other one is Antonio Brown holding up the Raiders jersey at the signing day, um, looking so happy to be a Raider. Um, so which one? 
should I pick? Oh man, the Antonio Brown one is so much more trolly for me. I don't know why. I just that that to me. Uh... Yeah, I mean the the the, the Woodson Brady one cuts deep, right? It emotionally hurts me. Does, um, oh, if it if it actually hurts you, I mean that's what you should go with. It emotionally hurts me, and it hurts but, me to uh, see. As and, far and, as like every time you tweet, I would laugh seeing Antonio yeah. Brown holding a Raiders jersey. I might go that way. Plus, uh, you know, a lot of Raiders. If he goes on to win a Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady in the yeah. Box. I think I'm gonna choose that one. He's a Steelers <laughs> fan also, so I feel like you know Antonio Brown. It's a good nod to him as well because because that's another part of this. When the Raiders signed Antonio Brown, when they mm-hmm. traded for him, I was like, ah, we got your boy. It's gonna be amazing. And he was like, hey, whatever, man. And then here we go. You know how it played out for me. So, like, I think I'm going to go that way. Plus, I have a lot of Raider fans who follow me. And I think the the fumble would not be a good look. It won't sit well with those guys. So, um, <laughs> Antonio Brown, we could we could take it on the chin a little better, you know. So, we could, we could deal with it. Um, so, all right. Yeah, I'll go the Antonio Brown route. I think I'll do it on my birthday. I'll switch it on New Year's and go into the New Year with that, you know, shit on my face. Um, so that sucks. All right. Listen, those are some of the most talked about quarterbacks we talked about this year. We, you know, we, we, we ranted and raved about certain ones. Like you said, we ranked them high. Some of us didn't rank them, but these, these were guys we talked about a lot. Let's move on to some of the running backs that, you know, we differentiated on, but we're taking victory laps on again. Most of these guys we talked a lot about whether because we ranked them so high or because we just liked them and we were just talking about them every week. Um, the first one, man, this one bothers me too. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. You ranked him 17. Me and Josh ranked him outside the top 24. Now, let's be fair to me here. This was rankings when I believe my boy Marlon Mack was going to take a lot of work. And Jonathan Taylor ended up finishing RB7 with no Marlon Mack there, which I wouldn't believe would happen if Marlon Mack was there. And two, he came on late to really earn that because it wasn't looking so hot early on. So, but But still... You ranked him 17 and you were being nice. And he finished even 10 spots above that. So how do you feel about this whole Jonathan Taylor thing? I don't want to talk about it because I'm pissed off about the Marlon Mack situation. Honestly, going back, I was just shocked that Josh didn't have him ranked high. I mean, Josh talked like, you know, that was that was his guy. That was somebody that he was high on coming into the season. Um, so for me... It, it was a little odd, you know, that he didn't have him ranked as high. Um, I, you know, I benefited a lot from Jonathan Taylor this year, uh, in best ball especially. I mean, the thing is, is Jonathan Taylor finishes the RB7, but he played one less game. You know, he missed a game and was doing that production. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty phenomenal season, all things considered. Like you said, I mean, obviously, Mac got injured, and that opened a window that gave him huge opportunity. And from the beginning of the season, I mean, it looked like he might struggle a little bit. But then down the stretch, I mean, yeah, like you said, he he seemed to kind of get his bearings. Um, Going into next season, man, bye-bye Marlon. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is cemented as a top 12 running back. And obviously with this finish, he's a top 12 running back who – you can really be drafting probably anywhere in the 5 to 12 range because outside of, you know, I don't know. I think it's running back's going to get really interesting because I think the more uh, people get healthy, there's so much talent at the top of running back. But, I mean, I think you got to have Kamara, Cook, you know, Saquon, McCaffrey, 
they go back up there. Henry goes back up there. So after those five, though, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is going to be in the discussion for a lot of people. Yeah, and we'll, and, and we'll definitely get into that a lot as the season, you know, as the offseason goes along, because there's going to be a lot to talk about with, with this guy. And you, you are right about the Josh part because, you know, Josh is Mr. College Production. Like, you know, so for him to not have Jonathan Taylor up here, I'm kinda, I am kind of wondering why now. I wish he was kind of here to answer that. Um, I don't know if I got into his head too much with the Marlon Mack debates on Twitter or what. Um, that is very interesting. That's going to be one of the more interesting rankings that we're going to hear on this show today is Josh not you know, ranking him there. It's interesting. It's very weird. All right. Um, we'll, 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 we'll catch up with Josh next time about that one. Though. We'll, we'll come back to that for him. Um, yeah. Well, actually, there's a good reason for that. What is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is really, it? Really, really good one. Uh, I made the mistake on the show notes. He oh. did not. He did not have him rank that low. Uh, that was my mistake. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's also Josh's mistake because he has the ADP next to his rankings <laughs> on the same sheet. But no, kudos to Josh. Josh actually had him ranked as uh, RB sixteen coming into the season, oh, okay. so right next to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, so that actually makes sense based upon everything that he said. So, yeah, kudos to Josh then as well. Yeah, I mean, Josh, Josh is somebody who definitely was on Jonathan Taylor coming into the season, and uh, I thought that that ranking was weird, so that makes sense why. So uh, <laughs> apologies for the mistake. Yes, Josh, that's a bullet. That makes sense. Now, it was throwing me off. It was throwing me off. I hope the rest of these are right, Adam, since you're looking at them. You can let us know as we go here. Um, I'm, I'm reviewing it really quick at running back for Josh, but yes, the next two, yeah, we're, we're good to go. Now. Okay, good. The next guy we talked about a lot before the season started, we talked about him a lot throughout the year as he had success, Kareem Hunt. All of us ranked him inside the top 30. Um, we talked about him outscoring Chubb potentially, and you know we all agreed that in well, – I think we all said that if we were drafting, we would all draft Hunt over chubb not necessarily not we're not talking about in the place but just that we would skip chubb and his adp and go down to hunt and take him and be happy with it um yeah. over paying up for chubb um that's specifically why i put this on here i remember us having that conversation um i obviously i couldn't recall which episode it was on on one of the preseason podcasts though we all were talking about kareem hunt and we're in agreement that he could outscore chubb this year and that's, I mean, that's what happened. Obviously, that was to no fault of Nick Chubb, um, except for, you know, being banged up a little bit. But Kareem Hunt had a phenomenal season. I mean, he showed his diversity in usage, both in the passing game and as a phenomenal runner. And uh, honestly, I mean, the Browns don't even utilize those guys in the passing game that much, and they were both able to have this level of production. Yeah. So there's there's potential for even more upside for them. For sure. For sure. It was a good one. And it'll be interesting to see. I, I I look forward to these kind of things, man. Like when we come now, now that we're going through these and how we ranked them last year coming into the season, I can't wait to see how we do it again coming into the season for next season. But it's going to be fun to follow all this stuff. But yeah, I, I'm glad that we all kind of hit on that. He finished RB8 um, in PPR. And so that's good. That's, that, that was pretty good for us right there, man. One guy, this guy I love, man. It's funny, again, looking at this here, but Antonio Gibson. You ranked him RB27. I did not go that deep. I don't believe in the rankings, did I? Yeah, you only went through your top 24. Okay. So he was outside the top 24. But, I mean, obviously, he was a player you were very high on coming into this year. I would say 
even higher than me with some of your outlandish drafting, Tim. <laughs> um, but that being said, I mean, Gibson, player we talked about a ton right before, you know, the season, a ton in August, and just was a player that was really exciting uh, coming out of the draft and had just such a world of possibility with his extremely limited usage as a running back in college. So we really didn't know what to expect of him. Um, And I think, you know, even me having him at running back 27, that had me drafting him a ton. I know you drafted him a ton and Mm -hmm. and we both benefited handsomely. For sure. For sure. That that was one of my highlights all year, you know, keep talking up Gibson, talking up Gibson. It was fun, especially because I did, like you said, I put a lot of stock into drafting him in the fifth round in one of my leagues. And it was like, ah, you know, I, I like him. I hope this wasn't, you know, going to backfire on me. So it was good to continue to feel good about it um, throughout the year. Let's move off of running backs for a second. Go to wide receivers. Um, we have a few here to kind of run through. Um, some really fun ones here. Some, you know, off the wall ones. Some a little more obvious. Calvin Ridley, the first one we'll touch on. Um, you had him ranked wide receiver 11. Josh had him 13. I had him 18, which doesn't sound so great now um, for me. But he finished wide receiver 5. And I mean, you know, we all felt pretty good. Clearly, you guys felt better than me even. Um, and you guys were right. Five. I mean, is this is this shocking to you, Adam, that he went that high? I mean, do you think this was like a Julio, you know, lack of, you know, what we thought Julio was going to give us? Or you think that Calvin just, you know, really rose to the occasion? Like, what do you think? Why do you think like I was so far off on this here? You know, there's one thing that I do want to just say right off the top. Uh, Going through these wide receiver rankings, shout out to Josh. He hit on a lot of players this year. And even if it wasn't directly obvious in the rankings that he put out, when he talked about players on the podcast, one of the things that he said coming into this year was that Ridley could outscore Julio. I mean, he, he brought that to the table. And, I mean, that's precisely what happened. So, um, obviously I had him ranked higher than Josh did. I Ridley was a guy I drafted a ton. You know, I had him as a wide receiver one coming into the season. I think that in that range, the struggle with having him ranked it like wide receiver 18, like you did is that was totally in his range of outcomes. The issue is, is you probably ended up drafting basically none of him and he had this ceiling available to him, yeah. um, which is the benefit of, you know, that that nuance of, of ranking a guy even just within potentially five spots when it comes to those top rounds. I mean, it, it can be the difference between drafting a guy on a bunch of teams and owning none of them. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to include all those rankings in here. Uh, but, yeah, Ridley was, was a player who I think possessed a ton of upside um, and – we saw it this year and, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes moving forward. Yeah. You, you, and Josh isn't here, you know, to, to, you know, to, to defend these things or to make sense of them for us or to really, you know, take his victory laps. I know he, he might've paid for your dinner or something. Cause you're showing Josh a lot of love here more than your you know, usual <laughs> self. Um, but I mean, just some other guys that you have here that he hit on DK Metcalf, Josh had my wide receiver 10, he finished six Keenan Allen, Josh had my wide receiver 12, he finished wide receiver nine. So Josh was, you know, he was in the ballpark and a lot of these guys. And so, you know, I'm assuming Josh had a pretty good year with the wide receivers that he was selecting if he was drafting the guys that he was ranking here. Um, and he yeah, was I because, mean, you know, throughout the year he was talking about them. So um, those three, I mean, he was so high on those guys. Yeah. Too. Like yeah. It, it, he wouldn't show up about them. Yeah. So, I mean, really, when I was going through this, I mean, Josh was terrible at every other position. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's OK. It balanced out. But uh <laughs> But yeah, dude, shout out, shout out to Josh. He he really hit on a lot of 
wide receivers this year that that really could have made your drafts. I mean, guys like Keenan Allen were falling in drafts regularly. You know, DK Metcalf finished well above where he was being drafted. Same thing with Calvin Ridley. And those are the rounds that you win drafts in too. So yeah, those guys were super valuable. Yeah, big up to Josh for those. Um, by the way, what did you and Josh get on the piece of man? What were your topics? Oh God, that's a good question. Uh, I think we did pepperoni, green pepper. I don't know, some something in that realm. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. It was like pepperoni and veggies. Gotcha. Just inquiring minds yeah. want to know. You know, just had a you know, it's an important question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> some other wide receivers uh, here. For the record, uh-huh. it wasn't good. It wasn't good pizza. Oh, wow. I mean, I'll be, I'll be curious. I mean, Josh might have lower standards than I do, but it <laughs> was not, it was not good. I ate a bunch of it because you know that, that's what you do. But uh, it, uh, it wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, considering yourself a Chicagoan, you know, and the, and the way you guys herald your pizza, you know, I'm assuming you've had better pizza than he has had in Oklahoma. But well, yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I have a odd lineage with that uh my great uncle actually owned a pizza place in chicago oh damn um, on the south side of chicago for most of my childhood but it wasn't it, it's not deep dish it's not chicago style pizza uh it's like you know sicilian thin crust like real pizza so yeah i'm very picky when it comes to pizza personally that's what i think pizza is it's not New York fold slice. It's not Chicago deep dish. No, real pizza is made with a thin crust, and it is brilliant, and it is beautiful, and it is, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, oh, I don't think that's a popular take. That's going to be a Twitter poll because I don't think thin crust is a popular take. As far no, it's it's not a popular take, but it's the right take. And also, your grandfather (laughs) might be tied into the mob of some sort because didn't say grandfather, man. Do you even listen? What did you think? Say grandfather. Mm, I said great uncle. Oh, great uncle. Great uncle. Sorry. Your great uncle might be tied in somewhere. So be careful when you guys happen to add him on Twitter. Um, Adam Thielen made our list here because of you. <laughs> you had him ranked wide receiver right. eight, finished 10. Yeah. Take, take a I mean, lap. Uh, you know, I, it's actually funny because uh, it's not even the Adam thing. I, but dude's my favorite wide receiver. I mean, you know... <laughs> Whether it was Stephon Diggs for all those years or now Justin Jefferson going off there, I mean, he still has just such a dominant role. And the relationship that he has with Kirk Cousins, I mean, you know, I think that if this year wasn't already, next year is definitely going to be the passing of the torts. But, man, there's not too many wide receiver duos that I want more than that Minnesota duo going into next season. Yeah. And it's gonna be nice. Like you probably get, you might get a little um, ADP love for Thielen when you know, oh, Jeff, you're Jeff gonna get now. ADP love for Thielen. Yeah. I'm gonna own so much Thielen next year. It's gonna be a nice little spot. I won't be surprised if he's going outside the top twenty in drafts because people are gonna be so excited about Jefferson. Yeah, Jefferson's are. gonna be drafted above him, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, Cousins can't support too, even though he does it year after year after year." <laughs> we also have Deontay Johnson on the list. Someone I talked up a lot, he finished wide receiver 18. Uh, he had his ups and downs, injuries, all that kind of stuff, of course. But, um, yeah, man, I'm glad that, you know, he, he he got out there and balled. He obviously has some competition there in Pitt. You know, Juju's there. Chase Claypool's there. 
So there's a lot of guys to feed out there. But Deontay Johnson did pretty good. He, he lived up to what I was hoping for. I, I am kind of surprised. I think Juju finished above him, though. Yeah, I just barely, if I recall. Yeah, I think it was like uh, 17, 18. Right in front of me. But yeah, I, I think they were actually might have been back to back at 17 and 18. So yeah, I mean, Juju, you know, disappointed a little bit from where he was getting drafted. And Deontay, you know, was a big improvement from where he was being drafted. So sure. as far as value goes, Deontay was the one that you wanted. But like yeah. you said, I mean, banged up throughout the year. But man, when he was on the field, he seemed like the main target hog in that offense. And that was a freaking dynamic offense for a while there. Yeah, it'll be sure. so interesting to see if Pitt can figure it out, man. Because they look like you know when they were playing at their best, that offense looked as good as Kansas City, and then it just all fell apart. And I, uh, I don't know. I'm very concerned that they'll never put it back together. <laughs> that would suck. That would suck for sure. Um, the last guy on our list somehow did put it all together, man. He 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 somehow just continued to show out, and that's Cole Beasley, man. He was your favorite wide receiver sleeper, the guy you touted about drafting him in best balls and all these kind of things. He finished wide receiver 21. Adam, you definitely deserve a victory lap with Cole Beasley here. I mean, I uh, I just I love this one so much because, I mean, if you just look at, you know, the top 24 landscape of wide receiver and you want to say, you know, who finished as a top 24 wide receiver that you could draft in the last round of your drafts? There's two guys, I'd say. I mean, maybe just one. But uh, if you stretch it down to 25, there might be three guys. Cole Beasley's obviously one. I mean, but then at 24 and 25, you have T. Higgins and Chase Claypool. Those were guys that you could probably draft extremely late. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Cole Beasley legitimately was a guy in best ball that I was drafting in the last round of drafts almost every time. And it, it when you draft in like a large amount of drafts, you don't want to have crazy volume on a player. So when a player is your most drafted player, you know, the variance of that makes you a little nervous. But when you're putting in that extremely low cost of the basic last round, just, you know, a flyer pick and then hit like this, I mean, it's fantastic. And, you know, I had a decent year because of it. I, uh, I, I didn't hit anything huge this year, but I think Cole Beasley is just that type of player who, on your fantasy teams, I mean, it's important to look for guys who are just going to be in high-volume situations that uh, can really thrive. And and he just he was one of those players that stood out to me. And uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be looking to identify similar players next year. Yeah, for sure, those are important, and that's definitely a victory lap, well deserved. All right, let's jump off the wide receivers. Let's finish off with the tight ends here. I love the first player on the list because if you were listening to the Cloud Dodgers podcast, not this coming into this season, but coming into the last season, and you were, you know, like I said, we, we were on episodes in the offseason, preseason, before all the seasons start, before you draft, all that kind of good stuff. And I was talking of Darren Waller and I was saying, hey, listen, you got to have this guy. So I feel good that if you were listening two years ago, basically, or whatever it was, a year and a half ago, however long ago it was. You, if you were listening and you believed and you and you had the opportunity, you have Darren Waller on dynasty teams right now, and you feel super good about it. You feel amazing about it because you were getting him for nothing, and it paid off. Coming into this season again, we all felt good about him. We did not feel that this was a you know flash in the pan. It wasn't a one hit wonder. No matter what who they drafted, no matter how the Raiders changed, we said he's still gonna have a good year. I mean, we still all ranked him high. I ranked him third. 
You ranked him fourth and Josh did sixth. Um, he finished as the tight end two man. So we all, we were all in, in, in the range. Um, obviously I was the closest because why wouldn't I be? Of course. Um, but yeah, man, this is beautiful. And honestly, man, like Darren Waller has just absolutely crushed it this season. And like the last few games, even if the Raiders are losing, like this guy is making all the plays and it makes you wonder like what takes so long sometimes for this team to just target this guy non fucking stop. Um, but yeah, Darren Waller had a great season. I'm excited about it. It's, this was one of our bigger hits for sure. And like I said, if you, if you're, if you're playing dynasty and listening to us, um, this goes back a, a, a good distance. Um, the Waller love before he was ever a thing for sure. Um, so I'm really proud of this one, Adam. Yeah. I mean, as you should be, dude, I mean, you were talking about him before anybody was, you were the first person who mentioned Darren Waller to me. So um, you know, obviously, we all have been kind of high on Darren Waller. I think from a drafting standpoint, you and I drafted a ton of him this year, and uh, he performed just, you know, as we would have expected. I mean, really, with the exception of, you know, Travis Kelsey, who's Hall of Fame, maybe greatest tight end ever, and George Kittle, who was injured most of this year, but on a per-game basis is just insane. I mean, Darren Waller is the third in that conversation now. I have no doubt in my mind about that. They are the big three for me at tight end next year, and I think I will be drafting a ton of them. I agree. I agree, man. Um, they're, they're a fun group of guys to have. You never are concerned when you have them, obviously, besides injuries. And, yeah, man, that was that was a big one for us. Um, another tight end, TJ Hawkinson. I had him tight end 12. Was I the highest on him? Yeah, yeah. Um, you were the only one who was even high on him at all. Wow. Josh and I were really low on him. And Interesting. The, the biggest thing about TJ Hawkinson is, you know, finishes the tight end three. But uh, this is going to blow your mind, bud. Uh, so Darren Waller finished 80 points ahead of TJ Hawkinson. Damn. Okay? Travis Kelsey finished 140 points ahead of TJ Hawkinson. Damn. What a drop off there. He he nearly scored double from first to third, dude. Like it's it's insane. <laughs> like uh if you had Travis Kelsey this year, I mean by how he finished at the end of the year, I mean, he basically should have been the the fourth pick in every draft, you know? Mm-hmm. Outside of those top three running backs, like there's no there's nobody who was more valuable. And, uh, yeah, I mean, having that level of production, that level of upside, I mean, you can see that there is a clear tier. You know, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller are just different. Uh, And I think George Kittle fits that description as well, you know, on a per-game basis. But uh, I I don't think Mark Andrews is that, and I don't think there are any others in the league right now. Yeah, I kind of wondered too, dynasty wise, and we'll obviously, man, we'll get into all of this. Like I said, as as the offseason keeps rolling, but um, Darren Waller's twenty eight, Kelsey's thirty one, and Darren Waller's like a young twenty eight because he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't played yeah his whole career like that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting dynamic here, and I'm curious, like going forward forward, I do wonder how many people are going to rank you know Darren Waller in a dynasty perspective. 
um, ahead of a guy like Kelsey or like how close they are for people. Yeah, as Kelsey gets older, that yeah. question will become more and more important still too every young, year. Man. I just it's hard at tight end. I mean, you know, it, it's just it's it's really hard, especially when you look at guys like Tony Gonzalez, who I think played like sixteen or seventeen years in the league. The longevity is is there, so I think Kelsey, you know, could easily play another five years, and um, for that. I, I still want Kelsey, um, but that being said, yeah, that window is closing quickly. You know what's funny um, is you think about Rob Gronkowski and you think he's like super old. He's the same age as Travis Kelsey. I think that's fascinating because like we all look at yeah. Rob Gronkowski as like the old man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like no, funny. I, I mean, I I was pretty sure that they were the same age or close in age. I, I wasn't positive, but I thought that they were in the same draft class. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, George Kittle's the youngest of the bunch at 27. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from a dynasty perspective, I think, you know, if you're doing anything, you're putting Kittle ahead of Kelsey before Waller. So Waller is still stuck at three, but, uh, you know, he is a tier above the rest, and it is a giant tier, in my opinion. When I rank these guys next year, Darren Waller's number one. Um, Good luck. And the last guy on the list here, Logan Thomas, you talked him up. I remember early in the year you were talking him up, too. And uh, he ended up finishing tight end five. That's an interesting yeah, one as well. I know, and towards the end of the year, I mean, he was one of the only wide or only yeah, you want to say wide receivers, <laughs> only tight ends in the league though, who was playing like their team's number one wide receiver. Um, there were games where he was getting targeted in that you know Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller type level of targets. So, from an upside perspective, I mean. This is it, you know. Top five's fantastic. Uh, obviously, as we know from our TJ Hawkinson comments, it's a big drop off from those top guys. But I mean, it's it's still noteworthy. Uh, it is funny though, because it's about 11 PPR points a game, and TJ Hawkinson literally scored 0.4 more PPR points per game, and like, you know, the dif- distance between Logan Thomas and a guy who, you know, finished as the uh, uh, tight end 13 and John U. Smith were two point, or 0.2 points away from each other. So, like, there was a lot of <laughs> condensedness there. But, you know, Logan Thomas had some nice spike weeks um, that I think, you know, definitely could have helped propel you to wins in weeks. And that's all you're looking for, tight end. So For sure. Yeah, I mean, I was happy with it. For sure. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking here, like, all right, guys, like, we've been listening all year long. You guys have helped us, you know, win championships, get to championships, get far distance in the playoffs, you know, really, really shake it up in the league. And, and of course, we know we know what you guys did, right? You know, we've heard the victory laps all season long. We've seen it play out for us and work for us. So we know what you guys have done, right? And this, this is a nice little recap. But one thing people love to say you know, they love to humble themselves or, you know, whatever it is. They want to talk about what they did wrong. And we haven't done that all year because, again, we're here to have fun. We're here to enjoy ourselves. We're here to, you know, you know, take these take these moments and enjoy them. Right. And if you're listening, you know where we were wrong. I mean, we don't got to sit here and break it down for you. Um, everyone's wrong every week about certain things. And, we, and we've you know, everyone has their fair share. Everyone's the same as we have. But on the flip side, end of the year review, end of the year recap. We're doing victory laps for season long. Why not do epic fails, right, Adam? I mean, why not purge ourselves of the fails? I feel that. I like I like the way you put that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's more like rag on you and Josh, and I'm sure you're going <laughs> to enjoy ragging on me. So, yeah, man, let, let's get into it. Let, let's get into all the glorious things we got wrong. This is going to be beautiful. Let's start at quarterback, just like we did with the victory laps. Um, I'm going to try to – this may be a quicker segment because I'll skip through mine. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Um, <laughs> um, quarterbacks, Lamar. Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'll, you know, the whole fantasy community got him wrong, so right. I didn't feel that bad about this one. We were all but, super yeah. high on him. Quarterback to be two. fair, Josh actually had him a QB one looking back now, so you know, there, there's that. Yeah. So Josh was the most wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we basically quarterback two, quarterback one range for all of us. Um, and again, most of the community, most of the people watching, most of the fans, most of the experts, most of the everybody, everybody would have agreed with this for the most part. Um, and there's a there's a group of guys there that are you know real tight in that race, and you could have put any of them in there and switched their names out. But all of us had him there. He finished QB nine, which it feels like you know is QB nine bad? No, of course not. But like when you say the guy's gonna be the best quarterback, it sucks to see it there. You know, so um, that's one guy. And, you know, there's no reason to get too deep on that. I mean, it's obvious, right? We all know what happened here as far as just it just didn't all come together like it did the year before. So um, definitely a bummer. If you had to say right now, Adam, will he finish QB nine or higher next year? Ooh, that's a that's a good spot for him. I'm going to say higher. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's more likely Lamar's range. Gotcha. Um, so top 10 for sure. Top five. You're not sure about. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't see it from a passing perspective. Gotcha. You know, that's fair. That's totally fair. Someone a lot of us did miss on. It felt even more worse was Josh Allen. Um, and again, when we when we saying we missed, like none of us hated these guys. Like we weren't like mad at them. We weren't like this guy sucks because there are people who are out there saying stuff like that. We weren't doing that, but we did have Josh Allen, all of us outside of our top ten, which seems fucked up now, man. Where did I have him? You were actually the highest. I think you had him inside your top twelve. I, I like want to say he was at twelve or eleven. Let me see here. You had him at eleven, so you were the highest of the group on him. Um. I don't recall where his ADP was, but I'm pretty sure he had a top 10 ADP. Uh, I had him at 14. Josh had him at 15. So, yeah, all of us were kind of in the same range where we probably weren't drafting a lot of Josh Allen, and that is a giant regret. Yep. Uh, especially for me, you know, somebody who was high on Cole Beasley coming into the year, the correlation there just made way too much sense. So. Yeah, I uh, I definitely kick myself for not drafting more Josh Allen. Yeah, you messed up the stack, man. It happens. It happens to the best of us, Adam. So, yeah, we definitely missed on that. He was QB2 where a lot of us predicted Lamar Jackson to be. So that lets you know how good he actually ended up playing. Um, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, all of us outside the top 12, um, finished QB4. Finished QB4. Now, if I recall, Josh was way more rude about this than us. Am I right? Josh, yeah. I mean, Josh face-planted with this. He was he was pretty steadfast against that whole Green Bay passing game, which seems like the dumbest thing in the world, which, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get to the other half of that later. But as far as the Aaron Rodgers half, I mean, Josh has always hit it on Rodgers. And it, it's, it's hard for me because I – and the, the, the Bears fan, I should hate on Rodgers, but I don't because I'm contrarian at heart. So automatically, everything in my being, when everyone hates Aaron Rodgers, makes me want to defend the guy. So I've always kind of been on the side of liking Rodgers, which is hilarious because 
I hated Brett Favre and everybody loves Brett Favre. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's super ironic, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, I think has shown this year that he's a hall of fame quarterback, man. We can't count guys like that out. And, yeah. You know, from a fantasy standpoint, all we needed was for that offense to shift from, you know, a run heavy scheme in the red zone to more pass heavy and really just basic variance should have told us that he was going to score more passing touchdowns than last year with, Aaron Jones just destroying from a rushing touchdown perspective. So we should have seen this coming. Yeah, this definitely, I mean, and Josh's hate on, on Rogers is kind of like, you know, it's, it's almost like he stole Josh's, you know, girlfriend or something in elementary school or, <laughs> you know, or Josh lost a potato sack race in Oklahoma to Aaron Rodgers in fifth grade. I don't know what it was, but like, it's like, you know, Josh hates him unreasonably. So I don't know what that's about, but you definitely were more wrong than both of us, Josh. So we're going to make sure you know that. Um, the other one here, Stafford, um, Josh had him QB four. <laughs> Crazy, right? Like you look back and you're like, Aaron Rodgers outside the top 12, Stafford QB four. Okay, interesting. He finished quarterback 16, Adam. Yeah, I remember trying to make him defend this on the podcast, and uh, it just, it never was going to be. All he could Never. say was, can he call it? Can it's so crazy to me because that's where Rodgers should have been. Rodgers should have been at QB4. That's where he finished. It, I mean, you you could have had Stafford at QB60. Yeah, like, he would have flopped them too in his rankings. In fact, I, I actually, that is, that's amazing. Yeah, you should have just, you should have just swapped those two, Josh. Then you would have been perfect. <laughs> Shame on you, Josh. Shame on you. But hey, we'll see how Josh, again, th- this episode is fun because we have the original episode to recall. We have this episode to look back on. And then next time that we do these rankings, it'll be fun to see where we move these guys to. Um, let's move over to running backs. Aaron Jones, all of us had, had him outside the top 12. He finished running back five. You know, this is one of those interesting ones. Again, we were kind of, I don't know, man. We were a little low on, on Green Bay here overall. We weren't showing these guys a lot of love. Um, at least not the type of love that ended up where they ended up being. So... This was another one of those. And you and you guys, you and Josh were both pretty big fans of Aaron Jones the previous year. Yeah, it was just really hard to get guys in your top 12 when you were high on Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake and Leonard Fournette and other guys that we're going to talk about in a second. <laughs> Spoilers, I'm sorry. But, like, that was the problem. Joe Mixon, you know, these guys that just... They disappointed. And then, you know, you have all the injuries that happened from the top guys, too. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely gave a path for Aaron Jones to outperform his ADP by quite a bit. And, you know, <laughs> it's painful when it happens in back-to-back years and you miss on both. So, yeah, yeah won't, you know, I won't be fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> David Montgomery. All of us outside the top 24. And that's, come on, Adam, he's a bear. Like, come on, I thought you would at least give him a little more love than the rest of us. But outside the top 24, finished running back six. I mean, to be fair, this, like, he had an up and down season, right? Like, we weren't looking too bad. He had a down season, and then he skyrocketed. Like, it's crazy. I mean, he actually, no, he had an up season, then a down season, and And then then a skyrocket season. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it really was that. And honestly, it's just kind of been the story of the Bears. You know, they got off to a hot start against bad teams. They played good teams and were demolished. And then they've been playing bad teams again and looking great. So uh, they are the perfect 500 team. And, uh, yeah, Montgomery just, he fits the scheme perfectly. And I think it's, you know, 
awesome that he's getting that level of volume. Yeah, I think my boy Tariq Cohen got hurt too. That didn't help me at all. Damn. Sometimes injuries fuck you up either way, man. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We all said top 12. We were all really excited about Clyde. And for good reason, man. Like, we weren't off base on this. We, this was a fair point. He finished RB19. We all said top 12. I mean, they brought in Le'Veon Bell, but Le'Veon wasn't even a huge nah, factor. Yeah. It was just kind of like, at the beginning of the year, they were using Clyde Edwards-Hilaire like he was the, you know, workhorse back to end all workhorse backs. And I think that that probably just wore on him. I mean, he's a rookie, he's learning a new offense, and now he's getting this crazy workload. And then they bring in, you know, a guy who is a pro bowler you know i uh, don't think he's going to be a hall of famer but maybe people will argue that Le'Veon could be like very very talented running back and i think from more than anything clyde just had a lot of obstacles in his way and you know running back 19 is not bad especially for a rookie but you know it definitely doesn't fit our expectations next season will you rank him top 12 again I think you're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's just that offense, man. Yeah. I mean, even going into like fantasy playoff stuff, like I play a lot of fantasy playoff type contests. I like them a lot. And a big element of them is, you know, a team going far. I think there's no team that's more likely to win the Super Bowl than the Chiefs. And I want their running back, man. So, yeah, Clyde has value. And he'll have value for as long as he plays with Badger Mahomes. Yeah, I've talked about it in the past, man. I have a dynasty team with both of the, uh, Jonathan Taylor and him, and I'm excited, bro. Dude, I, I killed it in this. I, I hate to brag, you know, but Clock Dodgers, we, had, we did an auction dynasty league, man, and I did pretty damn good, man. I have a bunch of young guys <laughs> that I'm really excited about. Yeah, so I saw what you did last year, bud. That's that's what I'm doing this year. Is I it? thought. Well, so it's an auction league, so these all turn into dollars. Right. But I have five first-round picks and two second-round picks. Ooh, you slick. I'm going to have all the money. If you and draft well. Draft well now. I mean, yes. Yeah, you have to hit on the values. You know, you have to not let people exploit the fact that you have a lot of money. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting, especially because that's really the only Dynasty League I think that I'm going to have many draft picks because I'm mostly – Unless I'm doing a full rebuild, I, I'm very apt to trade my picks. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I just rebuilt another team this past year that uh, uh, will need another year of, of picks uh, to, to really rebuild itself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's fun when you have a handful of Dynasty Leagues to have one in a rebuild because it's just you approach it so differently. Yeah, yeah, and this is not a league with, like, this is good competition. These are guys that are smart. They know what they're doing. Bro, I came out of that draft. I had so much money. They just couldn't do nothing about it, basically. Um, so this is not a knock on anyone in that league. Everyone was awesome. Um, but I came out of that league with, you know, and I'm not even talking about all the rookies. I'm just going to tell you guys that I, I feel good about. Like, I got Troutman at tight end, right? I got Van Jefferson, Cephas, and Mooney, all at wide receiver, right? I'm giving you the worst guys right now. I also drafted Jalen Hurts. In that league, I got KJ Hamler in that league. I got Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire in that league. Like, dude, I, I I cleaned up in that rookie draft. And that again, this is not on anybody. I just had so much money that 
nobody can really do much about it. And yeah, I did get some good guys. Come on, like, come on, give me some love here. I did some some good stuff here. So I'm excited about that team. And that's not, I mean, I'm just giving you guys the rookies. That's a good team. I don't know how I didn't do better in that league. What, what did I, where did I land in that league? I, I don't even, I don't even know where I finished, to be honest with you, but it wasn't the championship and that sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking to really, you know, compete next year, guys. So watch out. Um, but hey, we're supposed to be talking about negatives, right? So let me get out of this. Um, okay, let, let's move on to Leonard Fournette. Josh had a yeah, big negative. Yeah, yeah Josh. Let, let's focus on the big negative. <laughs> and the biggest surprise of this was to see that you even had him ranked higher than Josh, which I don't know how that was possible, but apparently you did. Um, so yeah, explain yourself. So yeah, let me, let me understand ha, this. This ha, was ha, ha, ha. this was Leonard Fournette the Jag or the Buck when he did this. The Buck. The Buck. Okay. So yeah, man. <laughs> I guess I put him fourteen. Josh put him seventeen. I you guys just had this thing in your heads that he was just going to come over and be the same Leonard Fournette on a Tom Brady offense, and I just man, I. Uh... Yeah, this this is one that I was steadfastly against, and I'm, I'm glad that I came out on the right side of history. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I I didn't give Ronald Jones enough credit for when he did have some big games. I didn't think that he was going to be able to hold off Leonard Fournette at all, like he did, uh, you know, at the times that he did. It's just kind of all, you know, it didn't play out exactly how I thought. So for sure, but Josh was the bigger talker of Fournette. Oh um, yeah, I wasn't in these streets talking crazy. I wasn't wild in these streets. I had to talk about Fournette, but. For some reason, I ranked him higher, which is crazy. But yeah, uh, talking about being in the streets, talking about players, maybe we should just move on to the next one, Neil. <laughs> okay, I was in the streets about this young man, Austin Eckler. I ranked him eight. Hell, if you would have called me on a good day, I, I mean, we, ranked were, him higher. we were all decently high on Eckler. Yeah, yeah, it was I, rough year for the Eckler love. If you caught me on a different, on a, on a better day, I might even rank him higher. So I mean, let's not let's not get it twisted. Eight was me being, you know, nice and calm and relaxed. Um, he finished 28. You got to give me credit here now. Injuries were, you know, did me no favors here on this ranking. So he played nine games at the most, right? Um, so yeah, I took a beating in that sense. And I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be too upset about that one because I think if the injuries didn't happen, you know, next year's a good year again, man. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I'm not gonna beat myself up about this, Adam, even though you want me to. Um, the one that you, who should be beating himself up on this one is is you, but Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, obviously missed time as well, but uh, you know, Josh was also kind of high on Sanders, uh, so so he can take a lap as well. But yeah, I mean, it was it's a big miss. I mean, you know, some honorable mentions that can go in running back as well because I uh, like beating myself up, I guess. So, you know, Kenyon Drake, Joe Mixon, you know, there were running back is a minefield. It's so hard to get right. And if you even tried to rank it how anywhere near how it ended, people would have thought you were crazy. So it's just it is what it is. It's going to happen every year. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a lot that uh, blew up in our face. Yeah, definitely happened. It definitely happened, and you know we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Let's get off of running backs, because I want to move to wide receivers because there's some interesting ones here. Um, that did not play out so well, and especially for our boy Josh. I feel like you know this is this is, <laughs> this is a good spot. Um, so the, the, especially with the start, let's let's start where let's start how, where it matters. How do you shit on the number one player on a points per game basis in all of fantasy, Josh? 
Devontae Adams. Thinking? He had Devontae Adams at wide receiver eight. Dude, Devontae Adams outscored every quarterback <laughs> on a points per game basis in PPR. Sick. Just sick. He had the best point per game season in the history of the NFL. He outscored Jerry Rice's best season statistically on a per game basis. And Josh shat all over him coming into the year. You me, put him at me his and you, wide receiver eight. Me and you both had him at like, two. I'm not going to draft him ever. Yeah. And we both had him at two behind Michael Thomas, which yeah. you know, wasn't and crazy. And had him on dynasty leagues and like in redraft and in best ball. And why wouldn't you? He's defined the freaking Adams. Yeah. Like we're not taking victory last for that because that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but yeah, Josh exactly. is definitely getting a fail for it. It's basically, I mean, it's it's a hard face palm. It's so funny to me because Josh, his best position was wide receiver. His worst position was wide receiver. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Classic. We love you, Josh. Yeah, we do, man. We do. Sort of, sometimes. Stephon Diggs, we were all outside the top 20. This definitely, for me, I'll, I'll straight out come out of the gate. This was a trade fear for me. He got traded to the Bills. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure how this was going to play out. I wasn't confident that he was going to, you know, go nuts. Number one, his first year there. Number two, there was other competition there. I just, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to get, you know, too in on it when I wasn't sure. And I, we're all Diggs fans. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, we all like Diggs before that trade happened. So, I used one of my favorite wide receivers, actually, before that trade happened. So, like, don't get it twisted. We're not twig- we're not haters of his, um, but we definitely didn't give him any fair due once that trade happened, uh, and this was when we missed out on man. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, it was a big blind spot. I mean, it goes hand-in-hand with Josh Allen, you know? That was that was the thing to hit on this year. And uh, shout-out to TJ Hernandez at 4 for 4 Football. I will give him a huge shout-out. Coming into the season, he was all over Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and that offense. And from a tout perspective, I didn't hear anybody touting them more than him. And yeah, man, shout out to TJ because uh friend friend of the podcast yes. and by far hit that out of the park. Yeah, we need TJ back on. And Definitely. uh maybe he could have helped John me. I I don't know how you loved Cole so much and you missed on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like it's kind of funny. <sighs> You know, I was insane enough to think that Stefan <laughs> might struggle to get a rapport with Josh Allen and that Cole Beasley would benefit from, you know, having that rapport and getting a ton of volume. Ironically, it ended up being John Brown that more struggled to have a rapport with him, and that's how Cole Beasley got that volume. But, yeah. 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 It's going to be a fun team to look at going forward, too, with Gabriel Davis, you know, making some plays. So we'll, we'll, we'll watch oh, yeah. them. Yeah. Um, another fun one here. DJ Moore. Man, I wish Josh was here. Josh, I wish you were here today. <laughs> DJ Moore, Josh ranked him above Dante, Devontae Adams. He, he put him at wide receiver four. <laughs> all of us were top 12 because we all, you know, we all respect DJ Moore's game for sure. For sure. Um, he had him top four. He finished wide receiver 23. Mr. Robbie Anderson came in there and, and played some games and uh, said, hey, listen, I'm going to mess this up for you, man. And uh, made him drop down to wide receiver 23. Again, not a horrible season. Not, no one's ragging on him. We all like him. We're all fans. But Josh, wide receiver four, my guy, you 
as we praised you for wide receivers earlier, we are definitely knocking you back down here for wide receivers. That one hurt, man. And he and he was serious about this. He had him above Julio Jones, everybody. Like he was like, and and then when he was saying that was crazy, right? Like the Julio Jones, even like he sounded crazy then. And I mean, you know, Julio didn't do great, and it's okay. But I mean, man, DJ Moore, he just he loved DJ Moore. He loved DJ Moore. I'm curious to see if he gets uh, humbled a little bit this year in his rankings when we come up to next year. We'll see how he does. Um, Chris Godwin, this is a sad one for me, man. You know I'm a big Chris Godwin fan. Dude, we all were. Big Chris Godwin fan. Even I actually when... had him the highest in my rankings, I think. Or no, actually, you had him six. I had him seven. So, yeah, man, we all had him inside of our top eight. I And, like, and, and bro, I mean, I did the uh, the player profile or draft kit thing. I picked Chris Godwin. Oh, no. And I was like, hey, this is Brady's best wide receiver since Randy Moss. Yeah, and so, enough. you know, this doesn't feel good, man. And I, and, I, and I don't think it's, you know, I don't know who to blame. I don't know. Uh, you yeah. Know. It's so hard because, you know, while Mike Evans has totally rebounded there and became a huge option, with the addition of Antonio Brown, it's almost like Chris Godwin's become an afterthought. And, uh, you know, I kind of was fearful that, that this could kind of happen with the uh, – amount of talent they have on that offense but uh yeah man it's it's hard especially from a dynasty perspective because i just don't know what chris godwin's value is and i do not think it's anywhere near what we thought it was which makes the point that he could be a great buy dynasty potentially yeah i mean it's all about perspective and what people are willing to bail on him for i mean he obviously still has that upside it's it's definitely there but uh, I I gotta say I'm concerned. Yeah, man. Yeah, thir- number thirty-eight in PPR scoring. I mean, he he was injured, so who knows? You know, that's the thing. I don't. I, I that's one big takeaway I have from this season, and I think I should have it for all seasons. But from a dynasty standpoint, I don't want to trade young guys coming off of a bad season when they were injured or banged up or missed time because of injury. Because I think that there's so much potential for them as soon as they're healthy. And I think there's just so much variance with injuries that, like, with a young guy like Chris Godwin, I mean, we know what he's capable of. So it very well could have just been he was banged up and there's so much other talent there that if you're banged up, you're just not going to be able to compete for targets as well. But as soon as he's healthy, I mean, if he gets targets again, that's a phenomenal offense to be in, and he is a huge talent. So, yeah, I mean, he uh, he becomes an interesting guy from a dynasty perspective because, like you said, there might be people who are perceiving him, you know, to not have as much value, and, and you might have a buy opportunity. Imagine coming into the season, loving Godwin so much, right, having such high hopes for him, and knowing – that Nelson Aguilar finished higher than him. <laughs> Knowing that Cole Beasley finished higher than him. Yeah. Like some of these names, Corey Davis, that, you know, no one's seen coming. Like everyone had given up. Like some of these names, man, even we rag on Marquise Brown and he finished one spot above him. Like it's, it, it was, it was not good, man. Like it sucked. And, um, you know, hopefully it does, you know, work itself out. One way or the other, I'm not giving up on him. I'm not bailing on him. 
If I could buy them cheap, I will. If I could buy them, you know, relatively cheap and you know what I feel is that I, I will do it. Um, so he'll be a, an interesting name to look forward to. The last guy on the list, <clears throat> Adam's liking this a little too much. Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> guys are so fucking stupid, bro. He got hurt. <laughs> oh, he got hurt. Was that the problem? Yeah, that's, that's the problem, man. All right. Well, why don't why don't we just take a gander? I mean, he had a wide receiver one overall week. Congrats. That that's huge, man. That that week is valuable. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and act like it isn't. But with that huge week on a per game basis, he still was at twelve points per game. And I can't even count how far down that is at wide receiver, but it's like thirty or forty or so. So yeah, bud, it wasn't good. It he, wasn't good even when he was playing. It he, was a week. He did a Will Fuller season. He did an old Will Fuller <laughs> season where he does one week and then nothing all year. Why do people think this guy's good? I don't. He was on an offense that was giving him a hundred and eighty targets. He does not catch the ball. He has a sixty percent historical catch rate. It's just math. Like it, it infuriates me when people overlook these things. You know I hate math. So right? please, please, just but yeah, but listen to your co-host who <laughs> likes it, especially the simple shit. I mean, I'm not trying to get like Josh about fucking implied averages of you know the fourth quarters. <laughs> I mean, you know, everything is. Perspective air yards models and you know fantasy points you know implied. I'm like, don't tell me what's implied. Tell me what happened. Listen, what did happen was Odell Beckham didn't have one game this year with over 100 receiving yards. He didn't have one game with more than five catches. Um, you know, like you said, outside of that one game where he just had you know the most ridiculous plays, he only had one other touchdown. So like. Yeah, man, it was a rough season for him. And we've seen the Browns not do too bad passing the ball since, you know? So it's almost like he's a virus that haunts teams and <laughs> brings them down and he's ruins be... Eli Manning's career. There, I said it. <laughs> he's gonna be a fun guy in Dynasty to pay attention to, man. I mean, I am curious what the He's a fun guy to get the fuck away from. <laughs> I'm what go... is wrong with I'm people? gonna go add Odell Beckham in every league I can. I'm going to trade You know what's everywhere. crazy to me is I tried to bail on him coming into this year in the only dynasty league I have him, and no one wanted him. Do you have because him? Because I somehow play in a league with 11 smart owners. You have him still? Yeah, I have him in my longest-running dynasty league. Oh, okay, not the I've one. been in that league for like five, four years, five years now. I not can't recall. If it was but with yeah. me, I would have bought him. What's that? If it was a league that yeah, I was I in. know. If you were in it. But no one wants him in that league because they're all youth chasers. But, yeah, it's it's frustrating as hell because I'm going to have to ride out his career, and it's basically already over. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I don't want you to go too hard on Odell Beckham. You've already, you've already given him your, a mouthful here. So we'll move on to tight ends to wrap up these epic display of failures for us. What is it called when you take an epic – is it an epic trip? <laughs> it can't be a epic tra- a lap. That doesn't sound fun. Fall. It's victory laps, epic falls. I guess. All right, uh, Zach Ertz tops our list here. We all had him top five. He finished tight end thirty three. Um, just knowing how these tight ends score, it's not easy to get tight end thirty three. 
Um, that takes some real bad play and injuries and everything else to knock you down. And that's what yeah, happened here. Banged up, but even from a per game perspective, Ertz was just a huge disappointment. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't good. Never never really got going in any particular game. So yeah, he was he was unfortunate. And again, that was another team who, you know, did have some tight ends making plays. So it's not, you know, this thing where like they were void of, you know, production at tight end. So um that was an unfortunate one for us for sure. Evan Ingram, Josh Hammond tight end four, he finished tight end fourteen. Another guy, man, who I was hoping would have a bigger year. I was nervous that he wouldn't. Um, this could be we could blame some of this on injuries and stuff going on in that system. You know, young team. Barkley got hurt early. Kind of made things go sideways a little bit. But he was getting targets, man, like all year long and just wasn't not not a lot was happening with it. You know, only one touchdown all year, only one hundred yard plus game. So, like, it sucks. He was getting a lot of targets even up till last week. He got a lot of targets. But um you know, well, that's a, that's a weird one, too. Uh, we had him, you know, he finished fight four. Josh had him, I mean, 14. Josh had him four. So that's not good, Josh. You're bad. You're bad at this, Josh. What did I have him? I want to see. I had him a seven. Hmm, not much better. All right. The uh, last one, Austin Hooper. Josh had him tight end seven. He finished tight end 21. Again, weird Brown situation here. He was did deal with some injuries, too. Some freak injuries. And so... Yeah, that wasn't good, Adam. Tight ends were, like we've talked about all all season long, a, a mess of a position. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll echo it. I said it coming into this year. I said it the last couple of years. There's only two ways to draft tight end. You, you draft one of the top few who we just talked about the, going into next year. There's three of them. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. Draft one of those three. If you don't draft one of those three – can basically be the last pick of your draft. <laughs> Just take a shot on some random flyers towards the end of your draft. Logan Thomas type guys. That's right. I mean, come on, guys. You know, Ta- Tanyan. Where did that come from? You know, I mean, Robert Tanyan was relevant. Like, it's just there was there were so many guys this year that basically just came out of nowhere that I think you're you're pretty much fine. Yeah, get your Cole Beasley's before your fourth tight end on the list. It's just not worth it, man. Just not worth it. All right, man, that's it for the epic fails. I feel like we did a good job of victory laps. We did a good job of fails. We, we covered a good wide range of all these positions, man. I think we did a pretty good job. This was a good year, man, uh, all things considered. You know, we're dealing with a lot of outside you know, issues, a lot of things happening that are, that are interfering with the season throughout the entire year. And then, you know, we talked about all these injuries. So there was a lot going on this year. Congratulations to anyone who's made it through, you know, won championships, went really far in your leagues, got cashed out with some kind of money. You did really well in DFS, whatever it was. Um, hey, man, if you can make it through this year in sports and in, in, in period just this year, um, then, you know, you're built for whatever's ahead. So, um, yeah, that was a fun little recap. We're going to finish this episode. We're not we, all the other segments were mostly advice episode segments that we were doing all year. So we'll just do a little foul or no foul really quick. Close it out with the last show until the year. This is the last of everything this year, Adam. So last foul or no foul, last show until it's, it's it also is <clears throat> makes a lot of sense that Josh is not here for any of this because that's kind of been Josh's year, man. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> all right. Uh, foul or no foul. 
During the 2021 season, there will be at least three rookie quarterbacks making legit fancy impacts by week five. Foul or no foul, Adam? I'm going to go foul. There's uh, a lot. Listen, rookie quarterbacks did really good this year, Adam. I know. And there's I know. And, and, and if you listen to the guys out there who are who have been you know tracking these college guys all year, they've been ranting and raving about these quarterbacks coming out. Yeah, and I mean, there's some big names at yeah. the top of the track. I think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields will be put in situations where they will start right away. I don't know if that's true for any other quarterbacks. So for me, while it's possible, you said by week five, that just feels a little too early. But who knows? I mean, you could have a Justin Herbert type situation where, you know, totally unexpected starter. So, I mean, it's definitely possible, but I I think it's a foul for now. Okay. I wanted to to challenge you. By week five, I knew it was difficult. I would have said week 10, you would have been like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. So I wanted to do week five, see what you would say. All right. So the early rush of quarterback rookie quarterbacks this year didn't didn't uh, push you there. I was curious. Um, in 2020, we finished with two rookie running backs finishing inside the top 10 at running back in PPR. In 2021, we'll have at least one r- rookie running back finishing in the top 10 in PPR. Foul or no foul? Yeah, n- no foul. 100%. I'd say possibly two. Um, oh, okay. It's it's a young man's position. It's a health position. I just think that, uh, you know, with the college game now, so many of these running backs are able to catch the ball as well, which is what you want from a fantasy perspective. There's just so many reasons that youth at running back is, is really huge. So, yeah, I think that there's there's a ton of potential. Because it, it, to me, it's not even like, you know, one of the top guys. It You know, it can be an Antonio Gibson type player. You James know, you can, Robinson. Exactly. I mean, you can have guys come out of nowhere. So for me, it's like a buckshot. You're just telling me one of these guys got a hit. It's going to happen. Yeah. Which is, hey, don't throw away all your draft picks, man. Your rookie draft picks. I've thrown them all away. They are worth it, man. They're worth it. There's some good players out there. You just <laughs> might get them. Um, last season, this season, that's well, I shouldn't say last season, this current season, five teams have had two wide receivers finish inside the top 20 at wide receiver in PPR. Five. This upcoming season that's following will repeat that stat. Foul or no foul? It's a foul. It's just statistically higher than it normally is. It's normally three to four. Um, it is closer to four. I think like the statistical average on it is like 3.8 or something. I'm a nerd. I do actually know this. Jacob Rickroad <laughs> has done some research on this in the past, and I've done my own personal research. Um, but that being said, yeah, it is – it is unlikely. Uh, this is kind of a really unique year. Um, I'm, I'm looking now. Do you have the five teams off the top of your head? Uh, do um, you I don't have off the top of my head. Are? I could pull them up pretty quick. But also, you know, on top of that, there was like two teams that were like so close to that also. Like there could have easily have been six or seven of these teams. Um, yeah, I mean, you got Carolina, you have Buffalo. Seattle. Um, Seattle, the Rams, and Pittsburgh. There you go. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. right there was, you know, Dallas was so close to it. Actually, no, Dallas was in it. So, Buff- was it Buffalo, maybe? No, Buffalo. There was, a, there was a few teams that were, like, right there. Like, Carolina could have potentially had, you know, two in the top 20. There was, like, some really close I teams. I mean, Pittsburgh had three in the top 25. So, yeah. yeah. Buffalo, yeah, I mean, Buffalo was, was one of them. Buffalo was one. Cole Beasley just mm-hmm. missed, like, the top 20. Oh, I'm sorry. You said five inside the top 20. Yeah. 
I just always think top 24. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you stretch it out to the top 24, you have the Buffalo Bills with Cole Beasley and you have the Carolina Panthers with DJ Moore. Yep. That's seven wild. Of them. That's a ton. So that statistic that I was saying, that's actually for the top 24. That's not for the top 20. So this was a huge anomaly of sorts. But it also points to what the league's becoming, which is, you know, there are certain teams that are just so much more pass-heavy that they're going to be extremely beneficial situations for fantasy. Yeah, I say no uh, I foul on this, really, man. I see it can happen again. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably going to lean with you. I mean, man, I, I am kind of reversing my thought process looking at these teams. <laughs> Because, you know, a lot of these teams likely could repeat in that category as well. So, yeah, it's very interesting. It definitely shows the trend of the league, though. For sure. Last foul or no foul for you, Dwayne Haskins will never start another down in the NFL. Foul or no foul? I'm going to say foul. I mean, you know, people get kicked around the league, but I don't think Haskins is that bad. I mean, obviously, you know... (laughs) We've I should have Josh said bar injury on this podcast, but like, come on, Josh, he, another guy who was high on. It's like, what, what are we doing here, kid? Come on, really? It is so funny that I don't like to give you credit for very much, but you were like, you hated on Haskins forever. I knew he was bad, guys. It's not that complicated. You hated on Haskins. But bad quarterbacks get starts in the league all the time because of injuries. So That's yeah, true. he's probably going to get a start at some point. I should have said bar an injury. He'll never start another down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not going to win a competition. Yeah, here's yeah. here's a good question for you. Although, I mean, if you've got it as a follower or no follower, I'd feel like a prophet. But, um, <laughs> okay. So, with the Jags getting the first overall pick, it's evident that they're going to go quarterback. They'll probably take Trevor Lawrence. Question. Does Gardner Minshew end up on a team where he has the potential to start games next year. Hmm. I say yeah. I'm hoping that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's the one situation I've really been looking at now because of the, the way the end of the year is falling out here with the Jets deciding to win games. Yes. Oh, it's so hard not to laugh. I'm sorry, Jets fans, but yeah, it is it is pretty crazy. But it, I'm super excited for Trevor Lawrence coming into the league with that group of wide receivers, man. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Oh, man. Yeah, we got so much to cover this offseason. This is why fantasy, this fantasy show doesn't stop. Um, let's close this bad boy out, man. The last show until the year. Um, you guys know how we do. We just share anything here. This could be a message, advice, an item, a book, an album we just listened to, a movie. Um, I actually kind of have two. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to cheat a little bit on this one to, to close out the year. I don't think I've cheated all year with uh, my, my uh, show and tell. So I will this one. One was the Disney movie Soul. Highly recommend it. Made yeah, by everybody's talking. About yeah, that made by Pixar. I know not everyone wants to watch a cartoon movie and I'm too cool for that. I'm such a you know, whatever. But um this is a good movie, man. Like a good message. Definitely uh worth watching. So whether you got a family, whether you don't, it don't matter. Uh the mess the message still is relevant. Um so I definitely highly, highly suggest that. Other than that, man, 
just, you know, going into the new year, keep an open mind, get focused on what you want to accomplish and go after it. I know this year has been like really weird for everybody. It's been something that none of us have ever gone through. None of us were prepared for. Some of us dealt with a lot of tragedy. Some maybe didn't deal with so much tragedy and it wasn't too rough, but it was still weird. And, you know, outside of your, you know, your normal lifestyle, some people probably loved it. Some people probably digged it, but just, you know, going into 2021, I know a lot of people aren't big on like goals or like, you know, setting these like, um, you know, some people don't want to set any of this kind of stuff. They feel it's stupid, right? But whatever, regardless, I do feel like it's a little different with the way this year has been, you know, to kind of get, you know, going to 2021 with a, with a good you know, mental clean slate if you can. So just, you know, just don't put limits on yourself. Don't let this shit drag you down. Don't fear the opinions of others. Just, just say, shake shit up, man. It's 2021. Just come into it different. I know everyone was like, 2020 is going to be on my year. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and that's just how it happened and just how it was. But just be grateful for what you have, but don't lose that hunger in 2021. You know, just keep pushing. There's no ceilings on this game of life. Just get after it, man. Just get after it, Adam. You have anything to share, Adam? I do actually. Um, over the Christmas holiday, um, you know, while while most people were watching Pixar films like yourself, that's right. Uh, I decided to watch a uh, Japanese uh, science fiction violent, violent, violent what <laughs> TV series on Netflix. Tis a season. So, okay. So there's this Netflix series called Alice in Borderland. Um, it's a eight episode first season, and I'll just I'll, I'll give you the very opening of it because the way I approached it, I literally went. This kind of looks interesting. I didn't even watch the trailer for it. I clicked on it. When I clicked on it, I immediately realized it had subtitles. That gives you a very limited amount of time to grab my attention. I will say it almost lost my attention because the very beginning of it is a pretty slow setup, but I let it set itself up. So this show like starts and essentially focuses on three characters and they're like out having a fun day on the town and they get into a situation where the cops may or may not be chasing them and they're running and they're running and then they go into like a little closet thing to hide. And while they're in there, there's a power outage of sorts. And then they are stuck in darkness and they exit. And when they exit, um, they're in Tokyo, which is where they were. But all of a sudden, there is no electricity and there are no people. And it's just them. And they're walking around this, like, deserted Tokyo. And then searching through areas and can't find anything, can't find anyone. All of a sudden, one of the buildings lights up in bright white and obviously in Japanese characters, um, but it says, welcome to the game. Please proceed to the game arena. And right there, it had my attention. Um, Interesting. So I, I won't go any further. I will give caution. This is a Japanese series. It is violent. It is not intended for young viewers, I would say, definitely. But it was very good. Uh, it was really interesting to me. Um, it, at the beginning of it, reminded me a lot of a movie that I've been a fan of for quite some time. It's a science fiction film. It's not even that great, 
but I really like the concept of it. Uh, it's a film called The Cube, um, which I guess would be another show and tell. Um, but <laughs> anywho, uh, this kind of reminded me of that at the beginning. Uh, but this is kind of one of those series as well where it's like where it starts, which I just kind of described, and where it ends at the end of the first season are so different from one another that it, it's such a fun ride. Adam, you went completely dark on the holidays, man. You know, it was one of those things where I just, I wanted to give myself like a series to watch and I clicked and I don't know, it grabbed my attention and man, it, uh, it, it's intense. It, it's crazy. It, Japanese filmmaking, like just as a, as a genre is just so much more intense in my experience uh, than, than American filmmaking typically is. Uh, and I will say the show is very intense. Uh, but if, if you're willing to, you know, watch something that, that has a lot of violence and that's intense but has a great storyline and super interesting, man, this is, this is definitely a worthwhile watch. Interesting. Interesting. Might have to check it out. I might have to check it out. Maybe nothing else. Watch the trailer. Yeah, I watched which the I didn't, but uh, the trailer is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that out first, really. Um, all right, so that's it, man. That's it, Adam. This is our last episode for the year, man. I know. That's it. You know, about to head into the new year, new season. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it's fun to start the whole process again as we do every year. But uh, yeah, to to all the clock dodgers out there, I mean, everybody have a happy new year and. Uh, Enjoy your holiday as much as you can, and let's hope 2021 is a little bit better than 2020 was. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely. And, you know, if you know if, if you don't follow Josh already, you can follow Josh into the new year at J.C. Crocker. You can follow Adam at the other FF guy. And you can follow me at Clock Dodgers, and I'll have a shitty avatar going into the new year. Uh, it will not be my face. It will not be anything that I like or enjoy. It will be Antonio Brown holding up a Raiders jersey. So, um. It'll be unfortunate, but that's me. If you're looking for me, that's me. Uh, we like, like, like Adam said, we appreciate each and every one of you who subscribed all year long, who downloaded every episode, who listened in every episode. It doesn't matter if you sent a question to us, you sent us an email, you showed us a little love, you left us a review, whatever it is. We appreciate any little thing that you feel small or that wasn't a big deal to do. We appreciate it greatly. Um, we can't thank you guys enough. We look forward to you know going bigger, better into the new year we'll continue to do episodes we'll continue to expand upon this and, and have some more fun and creativity so just be on the lookout subscribe when you're at your new year's party and you're thinking what what am i going to do in the new year what's my resolution go oh wait it's neil's birthday i should just tell someone to subscribe to the podcast <laughs> right adam I, I love that idea yeah it's a good idea it's that's your person that's a gift for me right i mean maybe i'll get like a review that says happy birthday or something a podcast review you know something cool just you know Maybe five star review, you won't mind it. Anyway, guys, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Go ahead, show us some love in the reviews or whatever you want to do. We appreciate every every, every step of the way. We appreciate you guys being here. As always, even heading into 2021, be kind, be great, keep dying. <laughs>